Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We are in the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verse 1. Get your name changed. I don't know if you realize, but God is big into names. Uh, He likes to name everything. He gives us special names, and sometimes he even changes names. Names are very important to God because they convey meaning, purpose, identity, and fulfillment. Many times our names tell us about us and our future. God is into changing names. Maybe you've been given a name by the world, a nickname, a worldly name, a name by your parents, but you're not going to keep that name for all eternity. I'll tip you off. God is into changing names because he wants to change you and your future and your identity and your reputation, and he wants to change your whole life for good. God has been changing names, as we're going to see here. He's going to change Abram's name to Abraham and his wife Sarai into Sarah. Later, he's going to change Jacob's name into Israel. Uh, And in the New Testament, Saul of Tarshish becomes Paul the great apostle. Those are just a few famous name changes, but they're all over the Bible, uh, and they're going to be all over us because Jesus, in the end, will change your name. I can't wait to get my new name. Now, can I confess to you, I have a very simple, plain name, John. And I always hated my name (laughs) when I was a little kid in school. They'd say, hey, John, and there'd be like five of us, six of us. And the teacher would say, oh, my gosh, we have so many Johns in this class. How am I going to distinguish you? Well, you're going to be John 1, you're John 2, you're John 3, you're John R, you're John E, I'll use your middle name, John Arthur. And it's like I hated the name, and I always wished, Lord, I wish I could have a name that nobody else had, a unique, distinguishable, special name. Well, eventually, Jesus will give me my new name. Sometimes, if you're ever with me, sometimes I do reservations or I'm in a big place and they're like, we need your name. I change my name sometimes and I say, oh, my name is Reed. That's my last name, but sometimes I'll use it as my first name because it's different and I always liked Reed but I always hated John maybe you can relate well Abram's gonna get his name changed change Abram's name and it will be changed to Abraham let's read it Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 now when Abram was 99 years old the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, 
can I tell you, Abram and Sarah have waited a long time. Uh, their dream was to have kids, and now they're old, and it wasn't happening. And Sarah's like, well, we'll kind of help God, right? I'll get a surrogate mother, Hagar, and you know that story, right? And what a mess that turned out to be. They're trying to fulfill God's promises to them and do it in the flesh and their own means, but you got to let God do it. They've been trying to wait on the Lord, and now it's been 13 years since the last communication from God. They've been waiting, and God were getting older and older, and now Abraham is 99 years old. I would feel like, uh, it's okay, God, uh, we've missed it, you know, our biological clocks, uh, this is a big mess, and I'm afraid, God, your promises aren't going to come true. You're a little late to complete your work. Abraham's old, Sarah's old. They did get Ishmael through Hagar, a, a half-son, uh, if you will, from Abram, but not from Sarah or Sarai. And Ishmael now is 13 years old, as we will see. God has now appeared, and God is now speaking. Sometimes you've got to wait a long time for God. I get impatient sometimes. I'm like, God now, God now, right? And this is what God said. I am God Almighty. Or in Hebrew, El Shaddai. I'm the God who can do everything. I'm omnipotent. I have all power. Don't you know who I am? He is the God of many names. Not many gods. There's only one true God with a capital G, but the true God has many names, many identities, and he's the becoming one. I am that I am Yahweh, right? And his names reveal his different attributes and abilities and how he wants to move and work in your life. And right now, you know what Abram and Sarai need? A God of power, a God of all power, the Lord God Almighty. I was thinking, I must admit, I'm an Amy Grant fan, and she has the famous song, El Shaddai. We will praise and lift you high, El Shaddai. Do you need a powerful God? Do you need God Almighty? You need to learn another one of his names. He has all power, El Shaddai. I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. Follow me, obey me, live right, and watch what I will do. Verse 2. I will establish my covenant between me and you. Now we're going to have a phrase that is going to repeat seven times and seven more times in our chapter. I count about 14 times the same phrase. It's only two words, but it's pivotal. I will. 
It is the I wills of God. It is God saying, I'm going to do it, not you. I'm going to make it happen. You don't have to work. You don't have to fret. You don't have to struggle. I'll do the work for you. I will. Another phrase that's going to come up very pivotal is this idea of my covenant, my promise. This is going to come up some nine times in this chapter. God has a promise for you. And the Bible, do you know what it is? It is his promise book to you. It's my promises. You can believe them. You could read them. You can memorize them. And some of the promises of God are specific just for you. Have you found your promises yet? I will establish my covenant, my promise. It's you and me. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Abraham's thinking, I'm old, yeah, we messed up with Ishmael, but I don't think Sarah's ever going to have a kid, you know. Men can have children way later in life than women can, right? It's too late for Sarai. No, it's not. God is never late, and his timing is perfect. I'm going to multiply you with many children and grandchildren and descendants, right? Verse 3, Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be a father of a multitude of nations. Abram, you're going to be a father. I know you have this one child through the slave, Egyptian slave, but there's more to come. Many descendants. I'm going to keep my promise to you, and you will be a great father. Verse 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram. Now, Abram translates exalted father. Imagine being called your whole life, you're an exalted father, you're a great father, you're going to be the world's like most wonderful father, but yet you don't have any kids. It's kind of cutting. It's kind of a cruel name to have been named by your parents, exalted father, and you don't produce any kids. Maybe you had a name and it kind of hurt you and it cut you. What was the one, you know, don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me Mara because I'm bitter. You know, sometimes we don't like our name. Sometimes our name doesn't fit our situation. And for many decades, Abram and Sarah had no kids and everyone's calling them exalted father. Hey, exalted father, where's your kids and your grandkids? Uh, I don't have any. But your name, it doesn't seem to match. But it will, because God is going to do a miracle. But your name shall be Abraham, a name change from exalted father to father of a multitude. You will be a father, Abram. Yes, I will give you Ishmael, 
but more importantly, not just the child of a slave and a child of human efforts, but I'm going to give you a child of promise, a miracle baby, and he's coming, and his name will soon be revealed. You will be a father, Abraham, of a multitude of nations, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. I want to emphasize the I will. Maybe you've been working hard. I'll do it for God. I'll work harder. I'll try more. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be an obedient follower. Uh, I'm going to knock on doors. I'm going to witness. I'm going to pray more. I'll read the Bible. I'm going to feed more poor people. I'll do more and more. I will. I will. No, I think you need God to do it. He will. He will, right? God is speaking first person. I will do it for you because you cannot do it. This is the Protestant church. This is the Christian religion. Jesus did the work for us on the cross. We receive his good works, his righteousness. I will, I will do it for you, and we receive it by faith, like Abraham is receiving the promises of God by faith. Happy Father's Day, Abraham. You're going to get a child of promise. The miracle baby is coming soon in about a year. Verse 7, I will establish my covenant, my promise between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. I like God's promises. They last forever. Have you ever had someone make a promise and then they break it? Well, it was just for a day. It was just for a year. I just loved you until it got cold and now I'm breaking the covenant, you know. But God's promises are forever to the Jews, his chosen people, to the believers, the Christians, everlasting promises. Heaven is an everlasting promise to us. To be God to you. Do you know God wants to be your God? Do you have a God? <laughs> Maybe you're godless. Maybe you're an atheist. You don't believe in God. Maybe you're an agnostic. You don't know if God is there. Or maybe you're religious and you know there's a God, but I haven't found him yet. Uh, maybe you haven't claimed your God. You know, in the world there are uh, thousands of religions, thousands of gods, and you don't know which one to choose. Choose the capital G God, the true and living God, the God of the Bible, the God of the Jews, the God of the Christians, Yahweh is his personal name. Choose his only begotten son, Jesus, who is God in the flesh. You need a God. If you choose the wrong God, it will be fatal. If you serve the wrong God, it will be cruel. But if you have Jesus as your God, You've made the right choice, and you will be raised from the dead. He promises just as he was. I don't want a dead God. 
I want a living God. To be God to you and to your descendants after you. I need a God to love me, to protect me, to give me a future, a hope, to give me security. I need a God who will give me significance and a purpose. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? These are the things that the God of Christianity offers and gives us. Are you empty? Do you have no purpose? Do you want to throw your life away? You need the true and living God to serve him and to be his worshiper. It will change you forever. Verse 8, I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, right? The land of milk and honey, right? For an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. I give you myself. I give you a home, the promised land of Israel. God has a promised land for you. God has gifts and presents for you. Sometimes they're temporarily taken away, right? Weren't the Jews exiled? Their land was conquered. But God keeps bringing them back because it's their land. And in 1948, officially by the world, Israel became a nation again. And they live in the land of promise, the land of Israel. So many Christians are excited to go and visit the land of Israel. Go with us. We're going next year. We're going to visit the promised land of God. It's like walking through the Bible. The people, places, and things of history, they really did exist. I have a background in archaeology. I love to go to the digs, and we discover the names, places, the artifacts, that it's true. It proves the Bible. And it's the land of Israel, and the Jews... They're very cautious when you come to Israel. You know, through the plains and through customs, they interrogate you. And why are you coming to our land? Are you safe? Are you a terrorist? Do you want to hurt us? So they always interview me. Why are you coming? And I go, well, it's the promised land. I've got to see it again. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. I love Israel. And you see a big smile on their face. And they're like, well, welcome to Israel. We're so glad you're our friend. Please come in, right? But not everybody's like that. Many enemies, they want to take the land away from the Jews, annihilate the Jews, drive them into the sea, cut up the land, take the land away from them. It's not theirs, it's ours. Well, God begs to differ, and so do the Jews. And the Jews have said, we're not giving up our land no more. It's a promise from God in Scripture right here in Genesis. Can I tell you when God gives you a promise, when God gives you gifts, the enemy, the devil, the world will try to steal it away. Don't let him. Hold on to it tightly. Trust in God's work. He will do it. He will bring it to pass. Take the covenant sign. For the Jews, it is the sign of circumcision. Verse 9. God said further to Abraham, 
Now as for you, you shall keep my covenant, my promise, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. Verse 10, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. This is a promise made by the men of God, the men of the Jews. Verse 11, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and you. Verse 12, and every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. And it is the optimal time, the best time to be circumcised is when you're eight days old. They say the blood and the healing and all this. Uh, Americans, doctors do practice circumcision on babies when you're small. You don't want to do it when you're an adult. <laughs> A servant who is born in the house or who is bought with money from any foreigner who is not of your descendants. Verse 13, a servant who is born in your house and who is bought with money shall be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. 14, but an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. The sign of the Jews. Now, Christians have a different sign. Our sign is the sign of baptism. And when you become a Christian, you go under the water, immersion, right? And you take the sign of the church. It is a rite of passage. It is a statement. I'm a Christian. I stand for Christ. I follow him in obedience through the waters of baptism. But for the Jews, it's more of a physical sign of circumcision, change Sarai's name. She needs a new name, too. She's going to be mom. Verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. A small change. Her name means princess right are you little princess are you royalty i'll get you a little bell and you can ring it for your husband to wait on you <laughs> the honeydew list or what have you princess royalty to be treated like a queen right sarai but now sarah means princess but in the new name is connotated a princess mother royalty but you're going to have kids and your royal line will continue the line of the jews yes 
a new name, a new identity, a new future, because names mean things to God, and they should to us. Verse 16. I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her, specifically. This is the child of promise. It wasn't Ishmael. That was of the flesh. That was your doing. That was your works. I reject that. No. I'm going to do it. I will do it through Sarah. Then I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations, her new name, kind of princess mother, mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. And of course, through the Jews, we have royalty. We have the kings of Israel. King David, right? King Jesus, the Messiah, comes through uh, the tribe of Judah. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno, at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.